0: Tucked away on the top floor of the University of Montana's Natural Science Building lies a treasure trove of fungi, moss, wildflowers, and tree samples, a.k.a. the UM Herbarium. It is a collection of over 140,000 dried plant specimens dating back to the late 1800s, basically a library documenting the changes in Montana's plants over time. 28-year-old Giovanna Bishop, curator of the dried plant jungle, slides a specimen folder out of a file cabinet. Let's see.
1: I was hoping we'd come across one of these. Um, This Antitrichia uh, curtipendula gigantea was collected in Idaho from the Priest River Experimental Station, and it's the first forest surface record of this moss ever. And it was collected in 1919, which is just so cool, and by this guy named Julius A. Larson. And, yeah, it's just amazing that we have this, and it was collected over a hundred years ago, right? And so we do have quite a few specimens like that.
0: Since its founding in 1909, the UM Herbarium has held collections of plant species from all across Montana and surrounding areas. Each collection serves as a time capsule of each species and the information about the people who collected each specimen. Bishop has found a sanctuary in the history of these organisms and collectors, but has also faced many barriers to get where she is today. I'm Lotus Portmoyle and this is your CaymanCast Cast for the week of October 16th. Bishop grew up in Portland, Oregon, surrounded by wet and warm forest. It was the perfect environment to find the plants that she curates today, especially her favorites, lichens and bryophytes, a group of plants containing moss. She loved science and math as a kid, but started out studying philosophy and humanities for her undergraduate degree at Wheaton College. Bishop never strayed too far from her passion for biology,
1: though. I quickly found out that All of these sociology courses and philosophy courses were very reading and writing heavy. And I had never done that much like writing before. And it was really intimidating. And I kind of just found myself going back to like the labs and really enjoying like being in the field and learning and studying about different organisms and ecosystems and how they interact with one another. By my senior year, I was in a tropical field biology class and we went to Costa Rica and Belize for the lab. And in Costa Rica, that's when my eyes kind of reopened up to lichens and bryophytes. And I realized in my botany classes, we weren't really talking about them much. And so my last semester, I did an independent study with them, which kind of led me to wanting to find some lab work or field experience to gain after I graduated in 2017.
0: Bishop says she's invested in studying lichens and mosses for many reasons. She wants to uphold the legacy of past scientists, specifically female and queer scientists who dedicated their lives to the discovery and research of these plants. She also gets excited about the challenge that comes with identifying lichens and bryophytes because they are smaller than many plants. She has to use a detective's eye.
1: The history of people who have studied lichens is really unique because a lot of queer people have actually studied lichens because they feel connected in some way or that they themselves are a lichen because they don't feel like they're one thing, right? I myself am kind of a small person and they're very small organisms and I think they can be overlooked often or they can be challenging to find certain species. Like pin lichens can be maybe a millimeter tall growing off of the bark of a tree, so sometimes... You just won't see them if you don't know what you're looking for.
0: After graduating from Wheaton, Bishop emailed experts in lichen and mosses from around the country looking for a job. She heard back from the Farlow Herbarium at Harvard. An employee was on maternity leave and they asked Bishop to temporarily fill the job. With this opportunity, Bishop discovered her excitement for historical collections. When the other employee returned from maternity leave, she stayed on for another year as an intern.
1: It really opened my eyes to the world of museums and how people have been collecting for hundreds of years, and we've been preserving these collections um, as a like a basically like a photo capture of biodiversity over time throughout history, and especially with climate change and so many species going extinct from human impacts and causes. I think uh, being in this collection and like seeing all this handwriting. All of these people who collected these specimens from like hundreds of years ago and their names like still being said and like they're living on through these collections was like really inspiring. From there I just like kind of knew I wanted to work in a collection.
0: Bishop started applying to Ph.D. programs so she could climb higher up in curatorial work and research. Ph.D.s are often fully funded by universities, so she said that that was a plus too.
1: I wanted to work with a lichenologist or a bryologist and I wanted to do a taxonomic study. Um, so reworking like a group or family, maybe there's some new species that had been found recently and we didn't quite know how they were fitting in, but there aren't too many taxonomists left in the world. So I was having a really hard time finding an advisor and I ended up applying to one place and I didn't get in, which was pretty disappointing. In a 2014
0: PBS article, Taxonomist Quinton Wheeler said taxonomy, or the science of discovering, describing, and classifying species, is being threatened by technology like DNA barcoding and supercomputers that can order and classify species. In the same article, Rockefeller University researcher Mark Stoll says DNA barcoding is useful in identifying established species, but classical taxonomy has fewer jobs, fewer new students, and fewer places willing to devote resources to taxonomy across the board.
1: I think because I feel as though there's no one for me to do a PhD with is why I decided that I could just have a master's and get a curatorial position because you don't need a PhD to be a curator. And I love being a curator, but I think if I were to have a position somewhere where I could be half curator, half researcher, which is often... Available with larger herbaria. I'd love to be a true lichenologist or bryologist, but I don't know if that will ever be a possibility.
0: Bishop's boss from Harvard, Michaela Schmuel, found out about a newly hired lichenologist at Eastern Washington University looking for a master's student to advise. Bishop knew that the program would be her big chance to eventually run an herbarium, even if she couldn't do taxonomic research, too. In 2021, she graduated with her master's in biology, advised by lichenologist and professor Jessica Allen. Alan documents lichen diversity of the American Northwest and speaks and mentors internationally on lichenology. She says Bishop showed her devotion from the beginning.
2: It's awesome that Giovanna has this job. It's pretty incredible, and I know that she was really persistent in applying for jobs at her until something came through, which I think is really admirable because she knew that she was really passionate about that. And getting a curatorship is really big deal because there are not very many of those jobs out there. Herbaria are not being valued as much as they were even just a few decades ago, let alone like 100 years ago or 150 years ago. A lot of people are shifting their research focus to things like genomics, more molecular biology. And so I think herbaria are viewed by some institutions as being, like, outdated or these kind of, like, dusty back corners of plants that take up a lot of room sometimes.
0: Bishop worked alongside Alan on her master's project, The Impacts of Rock Climbing. To understand how climbers affected the tiny organisms under their feet, they collected, identified, and catalogued lichens and bryophytes from climbing routes in the Cascade Mountains.
1: I actually ended up finding a new species for Washington that only grew along rock climbing routes at one of my sites, which was pretty amazing. I had a lot of county and state records just because no one had gone to that habitat before and collected, and there isn't a list of lichens or mosses for Spokane County. So it's pretty crazy.
0: Bishop said collecting new species like the lichens and mosses she found in Washington and adding to collections is an essential part of keeping herbaria going. When people add to a collection, it helps researchers and other scientists understand how certain species have continued to change and adapt over time. Each new specimen adds to the history of a region's biodiversity. Biological consultant and author Peter Lessica has collected and submitted over 10,000 specimens to the UM Herbarium in the last 40 years. He has surveyed plants from environmental agencies and has written multiple guides to the plants of Montana. He has used the UM Herbarium for research for many of his projects to understand how Montana's habitats and plants have changed over time.
3: When I first started working and endangered species were a big deal, I was hired to go out and find populations so they could be protected and the way I would start out is I would go to the herbarium and I would see where they had been collected in the past and after doing that for a day or so I would understand the kind of habitat it occurs in and I would be able to locate new populations and that would help with protecting the species you know and it's not just endangered plants it's also food plants for animals so wildlife students use it You know wildlife biologists that work for the Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management, they use it. So it's in terms of managing the land, that might be this, it might be the single most important um, aspect of the herbarium for the population of Montana at large.
0: Jessica and Bishop concur that herbaria and studying plants can be overlooked by biology and environmental students, scientists, and others because some think plants have less character compared to other living organisms.
3: I would say that people tend to be more attracted to and more interested in organisms that have eyes, and plants don't. And so plants are sort of neglected, I think, and I think that's unfortunate because they are actually the basis of, you know, everything depends on plants. Even if all you ever do is eat meat, the meat you're eating comes from animals that ate plants. So plants are a pretty important part of our environment, and I think in any kind of biology, having a a knowledge of plants is probably important.
0: Bishop is working to expand the herbarium's volunteer and intern capacity so she has help processing specimens, but also so students and adults studying areas within biology and environmental science have access to the vast knowledge of plants. UM environmental science junior Alex Messer began working in the herbarium this fall after Bishop presented to his ecology class. I interviewed him on his first day of volunteering to understand why he was there. You will hear intern Jasmine Raymond join the conversation as well.
4: I'm interested in restoration, and I think a lot of people kind of don't, I guess, understand the the bigger picture when it comes to that, and I think just stuff like I guess uncharismatic stuff like plants sometimes gets <gasps> <laughs> unknown. <I'm> hey, <laughs> I, I don't agree with it, okay? I'm just saying maybe the general public does. <laughs> um, I won't interrupt again. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. that stuff, you know, you're walking on it. It kind of goes under your, the radar of a lot of people. And I want to I'm really interested in kind of interconnectivity of all living systems and processes, so I know woefully little about plants, and so I'm here.
0: (laughs) UM senior Evan Duggan started interning at the herbarium this fall as well. Although he has experience studying plants with his biology major, he still finds the collections fascinating. In the mounting room, he labels specimens though so they are correctly identified before being entered into the herbarium collection.
4: I am astonished with the amount of specimens that the herbarium has. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. There are, there are so many um, dry mounts, and they're, uh, they're old. I was looking through um, Linnea borealis, the twin flower, and I found one from 1886 and it was, it kind of blew me away how old it was. So it was pretty cool. I would love to show people this because I actually didn't really know about it until later in my school career. The first time I've actually uh, came in here was when last semester I was taking a Rocky Mountain floor class and um, we, our final project was collecting going out and collecting plants and doing a professional mounting ourselves. And we went to the herbarium to see how the, what the process was. I didn't even know about it until that point, and so I was actually kind of enamored a little bit when I first walked in here.
0: Bishop hopes to expand the herbarium in many ways, along with involving students and researchers in the collections, but a lack of resources has stifled the amount of work she can carry under her belt. She says the herbarium is mostly self-sustained through donations, but limited space has been a continuous roadblock. She also works as a half-time curator, working only 20 hours a week.
1: It's kind of like an untapped resource, and so I'm glad students are at least getting to get some like curatorial experience and learn about how to take care of the collection. However, besides that, I just feel like there could be so much more going on here. Like, we're sitting in my office right now, which is filled with cabinets, and so there isn't even a space for us all to, like, sit and eat lunch or anything. I, have, I sit in the hallway right now. I've been filing, and all of our cabinets are pretty full, so I might have to stop, like, processing specimens soon to integrate into the collection because we literally just don't have any more space to file them, which is, I guess, crazy to say out loud. I'm very happy with my job. I love the herbarium and I love being here in the collection every day. It's such a special place. And I I guess just hope that, you know, eventually the university recognizes that so we can, we'll get more space and that my hours will be increased. So the expectations um, that I'm being asked to kind of fulfill, I'll be actually be able to do.
0: Along with finding and supporting volunteers and interns to process and organize collections, Bishop is responsible for funding for the herbarium, digitizing specimens into an online database for wider distribution, loaning out specimens around the world for research, organizing herbarium events, and more.
1: You know, I'm just really trying to advocate and Do as much as I can to prove the worth of the collection so that it can stay functioning and I can make sure that, you know, these really important notable collectors such as Kirkwood or Elrod or even, you know, Peter Stickney, to make sure that their legacies are intact and that they live on through their collections. It's Something that's quite amazing about herbaria and I think natural history collections in general is that people get to live on through their collections and that their names are still said. I think that's very special. And I heard something the other day that everybody dies twice. You, you know, die when you take your last breath, and you die a second time when someone says your name for the last time. And I do think an herbarium is like the perfect example of how like you will never die
0: Bishop took me through the last of Peter Stickney's collections that he recently brought to the herbarium. Stickney is a retired curator of the Missoula Research Center Herbarium. Its collections were previously housed in the U.S. Forest Service Region 1 office and are now a part of the UM Herbarium.
1: And this summer he got me the last of his collections to integrate. Um, he was born in 1929. and. Moved to Missoula in the 40s and worked for the Forest Service and studied fire for a really long time. And this summer, so he's 94, he just got me the last of his work, like his life's work to be implemented into the collection, which is really amazing.
0: In her time as the herbarium curator, Bishop has made outreach and community building two of her biggest goals. Herbarium intern Jasmine Raymond studies trees at the UM Sala Lab and has worked in the herbarium for about a year. She said her favorite job in the herbarium is mounting specimens because it combines her interests in art and plants to create a display. Raymond has witnessed Bishop work with many collectors, volunteers, and interns, young and old. She admires Bishop's ability to create a welcoming environment.
2: Something that I think is awesome about um, Giovanna is her ability to bring people in to the fold and engage with them and yeah some of them have been here forever and been involved and know everything about it and it's it's an opportunity for her to learn about the history of like the Montieu Herbarium specifically and she knows that and cares and then also bring in people who don't know anything about it and are just learning and yeah she can like kind of bridge that divide and like kind of makes us all up into an awesome community. Yeah, she's yeah, she a special human.
0: Bishop doesn't plan on leaving the herbarium anytime soon, and she hopes that anyone interested in plants, biodiversity, or any aspect of the herbarium will stop by for a tour or a chat.
1: I think anybody who would you know, think that it's not worth having that as a resource or doesn't think that is important, should maybe take a moment to kind of rethink about kind of life in general, and like what we can learn from nature and why, you know, so many people, I think early and then late in life tend to like be pulled back into just spending time outside because it's so fulfilling to like be out in nature and to be learning and I think with technology and everything we've gotten so caught up but I do think this new generation is really intrigued in saving biodiversity and understanding it um which I think is so wonderful so I have high hopes for the collection and that will be here for a long time, since we've already been here for over 110 years, hopefully we'll be here for another 110, maybe. We'll see how the planet feels. But, yeah, herbaria are really special, and they hold a plethora of mysteries and species and history of people and allow those people to live on.
0: To learn more about Bishop, the UM Herbarium, and what it does, go to its website, umt.edu herbarium, or search herbarium on the UM website. In news, Liz Cheney speaks to U.M. about democracy in crisis. In sports, U.M. soccer continues its success on the back of some strong defense. And in arts, visiting artist and U.M. alumna Lisa Jarrett teaches students silkscreen printmaking. Tune in next time as Clayton Murphy reports on U.M. Opera Theater. For this week's Kyman cast, I'm Lotus Portmoyle. Thanks for listening.